Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 392 for Tuesday, the 24th of March, 2015. So nice to see you. My name is Robbie. My name is Sasha. Tonight, Sasha, we're going to wrap up our series about creating the ultimate slideshow from still images. Tonight, we're going to be actually piecing them together into a slideshow format and also adding music. We're going to learn how to do that tonight. I get the best episode. I get the wrap it up episode where everything comes together. There you go. That Nothing to is it. awesome. Mm. Oh. Oh, yeah. What? I have to do my news tease. We're throwing you off tonight because I got her on the <laughs> co-host desk. So there you go. Teleprompter so, up on a laptop. That there works. we go. Here's mm. what's coming up in the Category5.tv newsroom. Would you let Facebook host your content? The worst case scenario for Linux users could be on the horizon as Microsoft tries to push hardware manufacturers to make secure boot mandatory in time for Windows 10, locking out other operating systems. Twitch users are being told to change passwords among hack fears. A tiny new tracker designed to monitor bee behavior is being tested by ecologists at Kew Gardens in London. Researchers have discovered a new method to breach air-gapped computer systems, granting two-way communications between adjacent, unconnected computers using heat. Stick around. The details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Robbie Ferguson. Mine is Sasha Dermatis. And tonight we've got a lot in store for you. I just want to say hi to our chat room, everybody who's just kind of making their way in to, uh, to join us tonight. Thanks for mm-hmm. being here. Uh, of course, uh, all of our viewers on Roku as well, enjoying the show through our Roku channel. You know what's exciting about Roku? What? That that's what I've decided I mean, I'm, everything. Everything. That's what I've decided I'm gonna buy myself for my birthday. Yes. A Roku. We had this discussion. Your birthday is coming up. It's coming up soon. Yes. It's almost my birthday month. Send her a Roku. Send me a Roku, please. There you go. <laughs> or just buy one. From what's Category you? five? Yeah. Cat5.tv slash Roku. That's where you want to get one. Uh, what's tipped you over the edge to buy a Roku? Dennis Kelly. Yeah? I Dennis think. Kelly, viewer think, in our yeah. chat room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way to go, man. Or maybe it was DJ well, Quad. Well, what is it? Wait. <laughs> Just the ability to watch. I think, yeah. Well, yes. The ability to watch anything. Mm. I don't know anything about the Roku yet. However. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's got Category 5. I, it's got to be good. Okay. So, yeah. The it's thing, got to try it, buy it. Well, that's... That's the thing. I want to try it so that I can review uh, yes. it on Try It, Buy It. Oh, is that so the idea? That is my idea. Upcoming review of the Roku 3? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Which is the one that is the best? Three. In e- three. Three. I'll do the three. I like the three. Roku 3 review coming up on, uh, on Try It, Buy It. Yeah. See? So sometime after April 21st. Nice. <laughs> well played. Way to work that in there. Uh, uh, our address is at the bottom of the site. If you want to wrap it up, put a bow on it, and just you know. pop it in the mail. There's still time. Still time. You want to know some really exciting news? What is it? So, as you know, my birthday is April 21st, and is I'm it? not even shy really? about how old I'm going to be. All right. So I'm turning 34. Way to go. The legal drinking age here in Ontario is 19. There is Where a direction. There is a direction I'm going with this. So I've been drinking for... The other for- <laughs> day, the other day I went into the LCBO, which yes. is where you go to buy delicious bottles of wine, um, and I was asked for ID. Wow. That means they thought I was Way to like go. 19. 
18. Nine, well, 18, yeah. They Please thought you prove. were 18. They couldn't see my grays. Way to go. Yay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> More importantly, <laughs> Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Thanks, Hasha. You're welcome, Robbie. Lyndon, joining us in the chat room. Nice to see you. Also, uh, Jot and Mo Maravilla. Ooh. Dreamweaver909 is back again. Yeah. We must be doing something right. Sweet. Also, I love uh, hearing from Dreamweaver909 and other so viewers on, well, on Twitter. <laughs> yes. Following us on Twitter, you can go to uh, Category5TV on Twitter or myself, Robbie Ferguson. I'm there. Are you, are you on Twitter yet? Why would you do this to me? I, I, I asked that because I know the question. 35 seconds before we went live, I was like, ah, I'm not on Twitter. Oh. I don't know anything about Twitter. You're not on Twitter yet? No. I thought it was like one of those things. It would be like a flash in the pan or like just a, it would fizzle. Well, we've been so, through that already. It didn't fizzle and it's, it's pretty big. I, was like, I think Twitter's going to be the next big thing. I w- okay. Well, maybe I'll get on Twitter. I'll start tweeting. But I was late joining Facebook too. I joined Facebook like four or five years after it started. Mm. So mm. maybe how old is Twitter now? Four 20? or five, probably. No, Twitter's not 20. I don't know. The internet's 25. Yeah. Twitter's maybe six. But uh, if you're thinking about getting on Twitter, we have... Oh, we have episodes. We have episodes. Uh, Eric and I did an episode. And so you can go to our website, category5.tv, and do a quick little search for Twitter, for example. You're going to find it. Uh, we did an episode on how to set up an account. Perfect for need. someone such as yourself. <laughs> uh, my wife, Becca, was yeah. on the show. And we did a, a special on how to use Twitter to promote your products. Maybe you know you have a TV show it. or something. That's... Try it, buy it. The newsroom with Sasha Dermatis. Two shows that are available on Roku. One of which has over a half of a million views Yay. since launching only five months ago. So that's awesome. pretty that's good. Fun. That's like a hundred thousand per month. How's that for mathematics? Wowzers. <laughs> okay, so I will Rain maybe man. possibly maybe get on Twitter. Maybe. Definitely okay. get a Roku, maybe get on Twitter. Okay. That's the way it'll go. Make it so. You know the best thing the best way to convince me to do these things is have me do the episodes where you're introducing. <laughs> because for example, we did we like did blogging, for example. Yeah, yeah, that one and now I blog yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And I showed you how. How's that been going? That's going better in two weeks from now. I, oh, I love to blog. Mm-hmm. I haven't updated my blog lately. It's been a little while. But it's going to happen. Remember okay. we did the face or not the Facebook, the password box interview. Yes. Yeah. And now I'm all about password box. I love password box. Me and too. I did install it on my phone because yes. I got sick. Uh, well, you know what happened is uh, <laughs> I, le- I, I leave Facebook logged in on my wife's computer one day. <laughs> and I, I get to work and I've got all these replies coming in on my Facebook and some, okay, what's going on? So check the replies and turns out I've been sending crazy bird smileys and stuff to all different people. So somebody got a hold of it and started sending Crazy bird smileys. Was so it one of your children? It was definitely one of my children. Like, Becca? 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 <laughs> so I said, I said, okay, well, then I got to change my password again. So I changed my password. But I, you know, me being me, I changed it to something crazy and long and unbelievable. Good thing you're not a Twitch user or whatever that is. Yeah, coming we'll up later. Yeah, in the we'll news. hear about that. <laughs> um, but uh, so I, I never remember my passwords because they're massive. And crazy. Yes. On a phone, I would never be able to type one of those passwords. So, all that said, I put password box on my phone specifically because I had to change my Facebook password. Here's a funny story about password box and those passwords. Yeah. This is a good one, but funny one. Okay. Okay. So I have password box. I don't even know my passwords anymore because I have all my passwords on password box. And why do you need they to know generate them? Exactly. Well, here's why. What did you because do? Because I went to Jamaica a while back, right? And, and you I, didn't have password box. Well, I didn't bring my phone or anything, but then in the little sign-in lobby area, they had free internet on their computer. So I was like, I'll just check my Facebook. No, nope, right. I don't know my password. And you have to download password box, actually, 
use it. Yeah, you it, have to put it into... Which is fine. I mean, mm-hmm. it's fine to be unconnected. Disconnected, not with, with my finger not on the pulse. Thinking along the lines of security, I wonder if that's almost a good thing, that you couldn't log into your Facebook on a public network. Probably. Because <laughs> that's how a lot of times your passwords do get sniffed and compromised. Right. But uh, huh. who knows? But yeah, that's, that's a little bit of a catch. Oh, well. But that said, if you had your phone with you, you could have brought up password box and actually looked up your password and then typed it into the computer. Exactly. Because it can reveal it on your screen. I put password box on and it's pretty neat because it works just like a browser on my phone. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's a replacement for Chrome, for example, or Safari if you have a, an iDevice. And then I just put in Facebook.com and it asks me which profile do you want to use and it actually logs in as that profile. I love it. it I really use it well. for everything. I hope beyond hopes that with the buyout with Intel and Intel security bought password box um, that they will continue to provide the free service and the, uh, the, the pro service that I use. Yeah, I think they will. I think so. But they are working on, they are going to be creating an export feature that's already in the works so that if anything did happen with the company, which I don't think it will because it was purchased specifically because, Hey, this is a great product. So they're not buying it to shut it down. They're buying it to absorb the feature set and create, you know, keep the product going. Um, but you will be able to inevitably export your password list, in which case you could save. Oh, them. that would be smart. Yes. Yeah. You want to be careful with that. Yes. Print especially it out if you have take a... it with you. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it on the hotel floor. <laughs> what is this? Yeah. 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 Okay. That makes sense. So if you have no clue what we're talking about, that is on another episode, the Password Box Mm. episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. You can just search for these things on our site. I want to just stop the show right now and just say, Nelson, hey, nice to see you joining us in the chat room for the first time in a while. Good to see you. Uh, If you are not already in our chat room, like with the likes of TikTok. Right. And all these wonderful people like DJ Quad. Yeah. Kalecom. You can go to cat, cat5.tv slash chat. You can go straight to category5.tv slash chat, and it'll bring up a chat window uh, on your computer. Or if you're on Freenode, just hop on over to Category 5, and you'll find us. Jot's got uh, some good advice for his password. Just, you know, enter 1234. Oh, that's um, a good idea. That's what you use all the I time, right? I think it's right? important to have at least 12 characters to your password. So 1234567890. 1, 2. I like that. Unguessable. I like that. Very. Or just do 101010 one, one, and it's like bi- it's, binary. Is that what that's called? And you just type it like this. Nobody will ever guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I used to just use, I won't tell you what word, um, but I used to use one word. <laughs> All these words for, are flying through my mind right now. I would now use one word, word and then I be. would... End it with whatever it was. So if it was like Facebook, it yeah. would be like that word. Facebook no. is my password. Right? Oh, my. That word, Hotmail, is yeah. my Hotmail. That's quite the password recipe, which is another <laughs> keyword to search for on our website. Password <laughs> recipe is, of course, a way to secure your password. I even taught my daughter how to create a password recipe, and now she's doing it. She's nine years old. And she's creating these big, massive, cryptographically sound passwords that no hacker could ever get into. And she's nine. She's using our password recipe. I don't even know what that is. You're just going to have to check our website. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Co-hosted by Hillary Rumble. Nice. So you know it's a good episode. What are you saying about when it's... Co- Wait, what about me? I would have said that about you. I would have said that about any Everybody. of the wonderful people who work here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That wasn't very nice. Just, you know. No, no I'm, not dissing, I'm not dissing you. I'm... How is it possible that to compliment Hillary is dissing you? That's true. Just by default? No, that's true. I love her, too. It's Adam, true. you're a nice guy. What about me? Can you tell him a middle child? <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least Adam's laughing. <laughs> okay. All right, so. Let's, uh, are we ready let's, for it? Let's, yeah, okay. move along. We are wrapping up tonight a three-part series on creating the ultimate video slideshow from still photographs. We're not talking about setting up our camera and snapping, you know, pictures that can be used in panoramas and things like that, because this takes no pre-planning. What we're doing is we're taking 
photographs that you already have and saying, oh, I really wish that I had have created video or I had have um, may, taken a picture with the kids in the foreground and then got them off and then took another picture so that I would have those two layers. Well, we don't always have that ability. Sometimes we just got a really great photo. It's a Kodak moment, if you will, uh, or it's just maybe it's an old photo. Maybe it's something you, know, you found in Grandpa's closet or something when you're cleaning up, and it's like, this is great. I want to turn this into a slideshow, and there you go. Uh, what we're learning to do over the course of this three-part series is create that really nice beyond Ken Burns effect where we've added parallaxing and created a bit of a 3D effect. Going back to last week's episode, of course, we actually got into the animation portion of it. And I'm just going to quickly show you what we were able to generate so that you can uh, recap kind of where things are at with this slideshow. Let's hop over to my computer screen here. There it is. And that's the kind of effect that we're going for. So we've got this real 3D parallaxing kind of look to our slideshows. We're able to do a lot more than just the traditional moving in on a photograph. So last week we were able to create the effect. The first week of the series, uh, episode number 390, uh, we were able to create the uh, the crop lines, the, the images that we require in order to do this. So since last week's show, I've since uh, created yet one more. So this is episode number 392, and I have created a couple more here. So I've got a picture of my wife. There she is. So this nice. is just a still picture that uh, she's sitting. That's the backyard at the cottage. Uh, and then I've got, uh, I've got a couple nice pictures that I brought here. I'm not using Aww. all of them tonight. I'd, like, I'd love to see what I've done is I've gone through and I've said, these are photos that would work really, really well with this. And, and that's something that you have to do in the course of creating these slideshows. You almost have to look at the photo and think, okay, how is this taken as far as angles go? If I pull them out of the, back, out of the background and create a foreground layer, am I going to be able to move around that effectively and get a really cool effect? And so these photos I've chosen because... I believe that, yeah, that's possible with these photos. This one here of Becca, you see that the bricks behind her are pretty close to her, almost that they're almost touching her back. So it's, it's not, I can't create quite as much of a parallaxing effect because it's not so far behind her that it would have mm -hmm. a lot of parallax, but it's still a good photo and I, and I love that picture of her, so I'm going to use it. This photo would work wonderfully well with this effect because um, there is a lot of dimension to the photo. You look and stuff that's over here is very distant compared to the foreground. Basically, the people in the foreground are, are really, really close and we've got a lot of depth to that photo by default. So it would work really well. Here's another one that we do have a lot of really great depth. So I could take the kids out of that photo, bring them forward, remove, the, uh, remove them from the background, and parallax them with the trees in the background. And that would look really fantastic. I would even go so far as taking Becca out of that layer. So she wouldn't be in the foreground layer, but she would be one above the, uh, the background and one behind Tally. So then I would then move uh -huh. Becca, parallaxing just a little bit so. behind Tally. So, so she's so actually going in. There would be three layers then. There would be three in that case, yeah. Oh, okay. So you can do that too. So you pull each person out and you kind of create that effect. I'm going to show you how, would, how that's achieved. Would there be a maximum number of layers you would no. want to do in this sort of situation? Well, it's got, the, the goal you? is to make it look fairly realistic. Right. At, at least, to the, I mean, we're not going for, it's not video, obviously. It's a still picture, but we want to have an effect that the parallaxing is realistic enough that it doesn't look like uh, a background moving behind a foreground or right. you know, something silly like that. So essentially, you know, a photo will have maybe three or four layers of okay. parallax to it because when you think about how you take a photo, you have your subject, which would be maybe a person, right. and there might be a lamp post behind them. There's a second layer of parallax, and then one behind that, there's a building. Right. So you only have three layers in the actual three dimensions of that that scene okay. that you could possibly work with. So what we're doing is then we're emulating, taking it out of the two dimensions and creating that mm -hmm. 3D scene again, but so, doing it in a faux way. Kind of but it can look pretty neat. Awesome way. Yeah. <laughs> 
going through these photos still. There's a picture of me pushing the kids uh, in the parking lot at uh, the grocery store in Halliburton. A lot of our, our great photos come from trips to the cottage with the kids and stuff because that's when I'm off work and I can really enjoy time with the All family. All that smiling that you're doing in the picture. I know. Look at, look at that just, picture. Oh, the glare coming <laughs> off of his forehead. Look at how dark my face is and then there's a bright white light right on my head. That's just... That's because you are the sun. See? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there there you have it. Those are the photos that I brought with me today to to kind of play with and and get a look at. So the picture of Becca, what I did is, you remember what that one looked like, right? There's our faux background. So you see what I did is I actually pulled Becca out of that background and then I recreated the bricks. I recreated the leaves. I removed the uh, Liam's head from the bottom right, and I removed the camera bag from the bottom left and gave a real nice background for for this to to work. If you're like, whoa, how did he do that? Watch episode number 391, or if you're watching this on Linux Tech Show, you can just watch part two of this series, and you'll be able to to follow along. Uh, And that is done. uh, Pardon me. That is episode 390. And right. that is uh, part one. Yes. That was the first step of this process. Okay, so we've got the background layer for that photo, and we've got Becca. The next one was a little more challenging because I don't know if you remember, but there was a pickup truck in the background there. And so I did have to remove it because it was just going to be too hard to, uh, to recreate the bottom end of that pickup truck because it was blocked by my head, the, you know, the shiny round thing. Uh, so uh, we, I just decided let's remove the the pickup altogether kalecom says that that shiny thing is your halo halo how much do you pay kalecom uh i, I gotta i gotta <laughs> that's right a visa card if somebody hasn't already spent it it's yours <laughs> just send them my visa nice yeah <laughs> don't know where we're going uh, with this folks then the silence yes <laughs> the awkward silence <laughs> All right. There you have it. So you see what I've done. Not ideal. Not perfect. But you know what? Remember, I'm going to be putting us back on the photo. So it's not going to be Eh? obvious. The background is going to be quite blocked. Yeah. Why would anybody look beyond you and your family? Why would you do that? You'd be just looking at the... The fun Ken Burnsy effect. Yes. So. I did discover through working on this photo, asphalt is incredibly easy for this because it's just a whole bunch of specs. Mm-hmm. So it was really, really easy to duplicate the asphalt. However... Take only pictures on asphalt and you'll do <laughs> just fine. Kids, lay down on this, this gravel there. <laughs> it's perfect. The parallaxing sucks because they're so close to the gravel, but... It's really easy to remove them from the background. And there's definitely only two layers then. There definitely are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear me. So with this photo, the challenge was pulling that pickup truck. It wasn't really all that challenging. Um, But uh, beyond the truck is also the wiring. You see all these wires? Mm -hmm. I had to recreate those too. Using the exact same effect that we learned on episode number one of this series or episode 390 if you're watching category 5 technology tv okay so the foreground for that there it is that's what she looks like good job thanks buddy i was here while you were taking the gravel asphalt out of each little tiny um oh yeah the cart the cart (laughs) don't do this (laughs) i said to sasha what was i thinking because this only took five minutes right and i really had to rush it before the show yeah what was i thinking i chose one with a shopping cart a shopping cart so as you can probably see there are all these it's like when i had to put you in prison on on try it buy it right i oh and i look it looks like i actually missed a couple you see that i did i actually missed a couple but the the gravel was showing or the asphalt was showing through so i created most of them are transparent Oopsie. Hey, I missed a couple. I I would not have brought that up had I known that you had missed a couple. <laughs> Wait, Don't I in, look dumb? Zoom in on that cart picture, yes. Robbie. <laughs> what is that? An error? <laughs> like I said, it took five minutes. <laughs> Leave me alone. Oh. Hillary is so much cooler. <laughs> That's it. Uh, oh. All right, I'm going to load this up into OpenShot. I've got the... 
I've got you stop. I, I've got the uh, the file that I created last week, and I have also added the clip of Becca. So if I look at uh, what I've done of, of Becca's here, I've got the background, okay? And if I go to properties, and for those of you who are just catching this for the first time, maybe you're watching Category 5 Technology TV, you haven't seen the rest of the series. This is all free software that we're working with. So the photo editor that I use is a GNU Image Manipulation Program. It's absolutely free for you. It works on Windows, Linux, or Mac. You can get it at gimp.org, G-I-M-P. Org. Uh, the video editor that we're using is called OpenShot Video Editor, and it is also free, but it is only available on Linux. So if you don't have Linux, you can download it. Linux, the operating system, is absolutely free. The one I'm using tonight is Point Linux from pointlinux.org. Okay, so with Becca's background, you see it there. Uh, I have simply set the initial height to 125 and proportional. I want the height and width to be both 125 pixels and then I moved it uh, up a little bit minus 10% so that as I zoom in so the end of the clip is 175 percent uh, zoom and move it left 25% that's why it's minus 25 and up to 5% so is it moving 5%? No because it started at minus 10 so it's starting down here so it's moving 15%? Sorry, no. Minus 10 oh. is up. I don't know. Uh, it's up. So minus 10 is starting up here and going to 5. So the camera is actually moving down 15%. Right. Okay. Mathematics, remember? Oy. Pretty simple stuff, really. <laughs> but it takes experimenting. And I, I, I'll admit, and, and it's cool for you to play with the numbers. Fob with the numbers right. and just adjust them a little bit here and there and say, oh, you know what? Oops, I meant to have the camera go down. Uh, I needed a negative number there to mm-hmm. start with and, and then move it that way. That's mostly how I learn. Trial and yeah. error. I couldn't just know this. I would have to There's go in and stuff. do like minus 10 and then go, okay, yep. plus 10. Where does that go? Absolutely. And right? you just kind of drag things around and the sliders help as you're experimenting. And then when you get a little more familiar with things and you can start punching in numbers. And really it comes down to uh, after you've done it 10 times, you start to realize that, oh, that's probably about... 25% to the left. Yeah. 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 So it's a pretty simple program. If I can understand it, it's pretty user-friendly. Is that our friendly. gauge? We're going to get a Sasha meter? <laughs> Does Sasha get this? Okay. <laughs> hey, Sasha, what do you think? I don't know. <laughs> What's this Just going to have to keep explaining. <laughs> Did you miss that before the show? Did we explain? Oh, we, that no. was good. That was great. Oh. If you ever hear her say, what's this word? <laughs> Internet is the answer. <laughs> Internet. I misheard. She was asking about what was happening in the show. So <laughs> to uh, bring it up for yeah. a little, you know, giggles. Yeah, thanks. All right. All right. Back to back the on actual, track. yes. All right, so there's the background. We've got it moving around. And I can actually hit play and preview what it's going to look like. So now... Um, it's going to show me a little preview. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, so I can get an idea. So see how it's moving down 15%. Mm-hmm. And do you notice, what do you notice? It, it kind of has, now we're looking at this extremely low res- resolution okay. because it is uh, just a preview window that I have zoomed in on for the sake of you at home. Um, so if you're watching this on a 50-inch TV, you're like, whoa, that's grainy. Um, it is here too. Yeah. So, and I'm just on like a 21-inch. Uh, so it's, it's kind of going in on the photo like this, and that's because we've got the zoom happening, and we've got the tilt, or not the tilt, but the, the moving up and down happening right. as well. So because it's happening at the same time, what happens when a camera goes like that, right? It gives an effect like it's swooping a little bit. Yeah. It almost seems as though there's a bit of a, an axis on the camera, and it's moving in okay. with an animated look to it, right? Nice. So going out of that shot, now we've got uh, Becca in the foreground as well. So I can look at that and see how things are looking there. I've got them both set 25 uh, seconds. And with her, we've got it moving in like that. Okay. Okay. So put the two together. Here we are. Now it's going to be a choppy preview because I've got, I believe I've got smooth scaling turned on. So the preview itself will be slow and choppy, but you can get an idea 
as to right. the movement of that shot, right? So you see how that how that's happening? Because of how it's going, it like her <laughs> eyes are glinting. Her eyes are flickering. <laughs> and that is just because of the preview, right? It's, right. it's rendering low resolution <laughs> preview frame by frame. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that's basically we've got that's our awesome. two shots here to start. And our next step, now I can add the third shot, but because we're, we're limited for time, the cart shot may be added after the fact. But you saw how I created those shots and, and, uh, and what we're going to do with it. But tonight we're just going to use these two shots so that we can create the transition effects, kind of get things started for you so that you've got all the tools that you need to get this uh, going for your slideshow. Uh, but because of the limitations of time, we're just going to work with, uh, with those two shots. So in the meantime, we're going to head over to the newsroom. And Sasha is going to have to work her way uh, around the block. Sneaking into the newsroom here. Let me know when you're there. All right. It's, it's way, way uh, on the other side of Barry. Hold on here. <laughs> Usually I'm far more prepared. This, okay. is, this is fun when, uh, when you're working both <laughs> positions. Yeah. Right? So. I forget, right? I get into um, to co-host mode and then I'm like, ah, who's our news anchor today? Let's <laughs> 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 see. Okay, I'm ready. Take oh, it away. Am I here? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're actually you're in the newsroom physically, obviously. <laughs> this great desk that we bought for you that cost $10 million. I so. love it. I, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tuesday, March 24th, 2015, and here are the stories we're covering this week. Facebook is getting into the hosting game. The worst case scenario for Linux users could be on the horizon as Microsoft tries to push hardware manufacturers to make secure boot mandatory in time for Windows 10, locking out other operating systems. Twitch users are being told to change passwords amid hack fears. Imagine tracking. Uh, imagine a tracking device tiny enough to affix to a bee. It's a real thing, and it's being tested in England. Hackers can use heat to steal your data. And these stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. How would you like to have? Cheap web hosting. We've got some for you. Go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Use the coupon code cat5tv. And when you do, for only $70, you're going to get a free registration for your domain, as well as unlimited website hosting and unlimited email accounts, amidst other things. Go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. And remember, on checkout, use the coupon code cat5tv to take advantage of this offer. Back to the newsroom, Sasha. I'm Sasha Dermaeus, and here are the top stories from the Category5.tv newsroom. Early this year, as Facebook was touting its incredible growth as a video hosting provider, speculation began to mount that Facebook would look to host content beyond video. Would Facebook get publishers to let it host their articles? It appears that such a plan is now in motion. The New York Times is reporting that itself, as well as BuzzFeed, National Geographic, and others are joining Facebook in testing a new format that will see content hosted inside of Facebook, so users won't have to go to an external site. The tests will occur in the next several months. The idea behind this is that it takes too long to go to an outside website and wait for the page to load. This content could load faster, particularly on, mo on mobile, if Facebook just hosted it itself. That makes sense to me, to be honest, Robbie, because I will sometimes click an article and let it try and load for maybe two and a half seconds. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm, not, I'm out. <laughs> so true. We are, we're so <laughs> impatient, this society. Um, first of all, your show tonight is sponsored by a web host, so we have to tread carefully. The answer is no. You would not host with Facebook bad idea yes. um, but yeah no i can see uh just like uh the infrastructure of you know of the way that the internet works if you had it hosted on facebook it would come up faster i mean you click on a uh a message or something that has been posted and it's instant right but then you click on an external link and it takes forever on yes. face on the facebook app why don't they instead Take the approach of building some kind of a proxy service or something that preloads content for links that have been shared on the Facebook platform. Oh, that makes sense. That would be kind of good. Or, yeah. you know, the, the, those kinds of technologies exist that they could be doing more to, um, to improve the performance without, I mean, it's their app, right? Yeah, they want, mm. they want control of everything. They though. want Why control. Wouldn't... 
why wouldn't they want control, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well. Microsoft unveiled new information about Windows 10 at its WinHEC conference in China on Friday. And the news is deeply concerning to anyone who values the ability to run non-Microsoft operating systems. Like Windows 8, Windows 10 will ship with support for the UEFI Secure Boot Standard. But this time, the off switch, which was previously mandatory, is now optional. Hmm. So that's bad news for Linux. Secure Boot is meant to protect PCs from certain types of malware that are typically loaded before the OS boot process has begun. With Secure Boot active, the UEFI checks the signature of any program that it's told told to load, including the OS bootloader. While multiple Linux distros support the capability, the problem is Microsoft mandates that Secure Boot ships enabled. This causes this caused panic in the open source community back in 2011 because if an alternative OS bootloader isn't signed with an appropriate key on a Secure Boot enabled system, the UEFI will refuse to boot the drive. Microsoft diffused the situation back then by mandating that all x86 systems ship with the ability to disable secure boot. With Windows 10, the situation is changing. Those who build their own desktops will be will retain the ability to disable secure boot since the manufacturer doesn't know what kind of operating system you're going to load on the board. But laptops are a different story. Some laptop vendors will undoubtedly continue to ship a disable option on secure boot, but vendors may simply decide that closing the attack vector is more important than user freedom, particularly when the margin on PCs is so low to begin with. Support calls cost money, so eliminating the need for such interaction is extremely attra- attractive. But sad. Really, right, Robbie? Like, yeah, I, I, I guess, guess that's the driving factor. I mean, money is really where, what it boils down to. And if you go into a supercenter and buy a $200 laptop, Mm-hmm. And it, and they have to kind of include support to some degree, even if it's not. I don't know. I guess you you kind of you have to be able to pick up the phone and contact the company, right? So does that mean that the say for somebody who really wants Linux, right? Yeah. You would have to then build your own system. That's kind of what it bo- uh, that's the impression. Like I wonder if we're taking this transition, if this happens, um, back toward thinking of the early days of Mac, for example, where there was Mac hardware. And there was PC hardware, and PC being, it could have been Unix, it could have been Linux, it could have been Goran, it could have been Windows, whatever you were running, MS-DOS, uh, Dr. DOS, or whatever. And QEMM386, or Q, you know, all these, I love reminiscing. Uh, but would we be transitioning now to Windows hardware? Mm-hmm. So that now, if I want to buy a laptop, there's a Windows laptop, and there's an open laptop that is... You know, I can install whatever OS I want on it, but you won't necessarily be able to walk into a super center and get one for two hundred bucks anymore. Right, you have to buy thing. it some other place, like either a specialty yeah. store. Or- Which means what to me as a consumer? More money. Yes. Right? So I'm not going to save the money. Quite, what? quite possibly. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. We'll hack the firmware. We will hack the firmware <laughs> right here we and will. show you how it's done. Exactly. If it can be done, it will be done. Then the conversation becomes, like, I start thinking, what if, um, for example, we were to sign up with VeriSign and get a cryptographic signature for uh, UEFI for Grub, the bootloader that pretty much every Linux distribution uses. Well, that's, that's put in general, but a lot of big Linux distros use Grub, the bootloader. So if they had a signature, couldn't you... Then distribute that version of Grub with the signature, but then it comes down to, well, how secure is that now? Because then wouldn't every hacker create their exploits to use Grub, right? For example. So uh. there's there's this really so that's why it's like okay so how much power are we giving Microsoft in this particular thing? How much control does that give them over the hardware that stores are able to sell? Because stores simply won't probably carry Linux laptops. Right. They're going to be Windows laptops knowing that someone may install Linux. But if that is taken away from us, the consumer, it's more than just a freedom thing. It's like... Monopoly. What, yeah, it's monopoly is what it looks like. Hoy. Well, 
Here we have it. Users of the Amazon-owned video game streaming service Twitch have been instructed to change their passwords amid fears the site has been hacked. Twitch told users that their names and phone numbers were among the details feared to have been leaked. It said it had deleted passwords, which were encrypted, and disconnected users' accounts from Twitter and YouTube. But the site came in for criticism after it appeared to condone users setting weak replacement passwords. After complaints for some users that the minimum requirement for replacement passwords was too restrictive, Twitch lowered its threshold, requiring no. only eight-digit passwords. No, you That's don't give perfect. the... You could use passwords no. as a password. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight becomes a legitimate password under that these is, rules. Wow. That's nuts. That obviously prompted criticism from security experts. Even yeah. Sasha. <laughs> Twitch did not directly admit that it had been hacked. Instead, they simply said there may have been unauthorized access to some Twitch user account information. Well, Twitch, goodness gracious, passwords. Why would we give the end users control over the security <laughs> this of the password? This is pass- too hard, why they do say. We create, yeah, why do we create <laughs> restrictive passwords in the first place? For your safety. So here's for what happened in, in my, in, in how I understand it. So it was hacked. So no, they had, no, no, they're, they had they're to not change, saying that. But they had to change your passwords because of the security intrusion. Is that what happened? And then people had to re-submit new passwords. Just up until now, it's been they've allowed only an eight-character password with low security. Wow. And so if that makes it pretty easy to brute force, I think. And services like that, who's watching the brute force logs to make sure that someone's not trying to guess your password? Would you know? Would you know if someone was sitting there using your Facebook login and trying to guess your password? Would you know that? No, you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't know that except in certain programs. I know my my blog, it locks people out after a certain amount of password attempts. It sure does. It does. But my Facebook doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> right? How is it that we are more secure than Facebook? (laughs) Oh, here's the best story. No way. Yeah. There's more? There's more. A tiny new tracker designed to monitor bee behavior is being tested by ecologists at Kew Gardens in London. It is made from off-the-shelf technology and is based on equipment used to track pallets in warehouses. Readers used to pick up a signal are connected to Raspberry Pi computers, which log readings. The device has a reach of just 2.5 meters, which is a huge improvement over the previous generation, which ranged only one centimeter, which is crazy small. One centimeter is like (laughs) the length of the actual antenna on that bee. Yes, really. (laughs) The tracker consists of a standard RFID chip and a specifically designed antenna, which is thinner and lighter than other models used to track small insects, which allows them to boost the range. The idea is to have readers dotted around a hive and flower patch in order to track the signals as the bees move around freely in the wild. The engineer, who is a technical director at the Newcastle-based tech firm Tumbling Dice, is currently trying to patent the invention. I love this. <laughs> I love, though, I asked you earlier, it's worker bees they're putting these antenna on. So yeah. it's not disrupting any sort of... <laughs> yeah, you look at that antenna you think, the poor mating bee who gets jabbed through the heart. <laughs> exactly. All of a sudden it's very praying mantis or something. Yeah. No, nothing yeah. like that. These are worker bees, so they're not mating, but uh, they actually glue these with some kind of crazy glue or something. Takes. That probably just like to... sloughs off at some point, right? Like I wonder it's not if, permanent. yeah. But it doesn't seem to harm them. It doesn't affect their flight. It's, it's lightweight enough that they're still yeah. able to go about their beesness. Yeah, their business. <laughs> it looks like the worker bees have a new uniform. Is that um, not like if they can make stuff? I know that this is only a, what did you say, two meter? Yes. Range. Yeah. So could it not be used? Like if the I, I, I think of a shopping mall. We talked about a shopping mall and security of the cameras and stuff. It you could place enough RFID scanners to pick up anything within a two meter radius, no matter where you are in that mall. So for tracking and stuff, could mm-hmm. they use it for stuff like that? Or that's did kinda... you just take that into a dark place? I did. Is yeah. that what just happened? I just I picture a bee 
and I and little tiny cameras on him and and I, the NSA with a remote. Con- I don't know. Usually, I'm the one that goes down that slippery slope. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Side. But did you see this thing? But I love this idea only because there's such a problem right now with bees dying off. Right? There's and bees are in charge of what we eat. We are only eating because of bees and their ability to pollinate. I saw the cartoon. I know it's true. I believe it's true. I didn't see the cartoon, but I think that I I believe that bees are in charge of, you know, almonds. That's important. Yeah. So if we can use them and track what's going on with their daily lives and find a way to make them live longer and stop dying off in such large... Hmm. Well, although those antenna might not help them for longevity. (laughs) (laughs) I just realized. Okay. if, If it can be used for good. It might be. Then that, and certainly that's what they're doing. Exactly. We just Not them. for good, though. Here, researchers <laughs> have discovered a new method to breach air-gapped computer systems called BitWhisper, which Whoa. enables two-way communications between adjacent, unconnected PC computers using heat. BitWhisper bridges the air gap between the two computers approximately 15 inches apart that are infected with malware by using their heat emissions and built-in thermal sensors to communicate. It establishes a covert bi-directional channel by emitting heat from one PC to the other in a controlled manner. This blows my mind. According to the researchers, the scenario is prevalent in many organizations where there are two computers on a single desk. One is connected to the internal network and the other is connected to the internet. BitWhisper can be used to steal small chunks of data, passwords, for example, especially the eight-digit ones, and... They can use them for command and control. That is scary. So I had this great idea that we just put little coolies on top of the towers. (laughs) I think it's perfect. No heat transfer at all then. I think that they could bring back uh, ice block delivery. And you just set one in between your two computers. Keep you safe, folks. You know what? This is great for people in cubicles. Cubicle workers can now ask for a larger cubicle. You want your computer to be more than 15 centimeters away from your neighbor's computer. You need your own office. (laughs) (laughs) With walls and everything. I know. I'm on your side. All right. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the Category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the Category 5.TV Newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. This is episode number 392. Can you believe only eight weeks to go and we are hitting the big old 400? 400? 400 episodes old. Goodness gracious. Mm. Golly gee. My name is Robbie Ferguson. I am Sasha Dermatis. So nice to have you here. And hey, we are working our way through our series tonight, wrapping things up. Let's get going on transitions. So we're using the OpenShot Video Editor. And with this tool, we're able to create basically uh, video edits of our slideshow here. So a couple of things that we talked about previously is the ability to add more tracks. That's important, especially because we're going to be um, doing transitions between different videos here. I'm going to actually right-click on my video and go, uh, let's see, or no, on my track, sorry, and add a track below. See that? So I'm doing it the opposite direction. Add a track below. And now I'm going to grab that background layer and drop it down there and that one right there. And so you see now I've got this first clip is happening in my first two tracks, one and two, and then three and four contain the next clip, which is Becca um, sitting at the cottage there. So in order to transition between them, now we've got the ability to add transition effects using uh, the OpenShot video editor. Typically, this would be used to uh, transition between videos. For example, if you're um, creating a video itself, you can transition between clips and do some fancy effects. We're not working with video. We're working with stills and creating that kind of video look to it. So we're going to use the same kind of thing. So by using our Transitions tab, which you'll find up at the top left-hand side here, you can see that uh, OpenShot, even though it is free, does include a a fair number of excellent transition effects. So we can grab any one of those. And what we might want to do... Now, interesting fact. 
is that we're working with two different um, two different layers okay. in all cases. So um, so the first clip is two layers, and mm-hmm. the second clip is also two layers. So I don't necessarily have to use the same effect for each layer. Mm-hmm. How interesting that I could make the background come up and make the foreground come down and do some really kind of funky things yeah. as we're doing this. And we can, we can play around. Uh, we were talking, Sasha, about how you can you know, just play around with the, the numbers. Just, and yeah, mess around experiment. with it and just see what works, right? Exactly. It's easy to undo. Well, uh, yeah. you're not even Control really undoing. Control Z. Just, exactly. You're not even really undoing easy. anything. You're just playing around. Drag and drop. Drag and just drop. Just like that. So what I might try is say, okay, well, my foreground layer here, uh, pardon me, the first image with the, with the background and foreground looks like that. And then I've got uh, Becca comes in. Now what I'm going to do just to improve performance, watch what I'm going to do, preferences, and use smooth, scroll, uh, smooth scaling, pardon me. I'm going to set that to no. Now I want to re-enable that before I start rendering the video to a video file, but just while I'm editing it, it's going to improve performance tenfold. So now when I hit play, it's actually going to uh, move quite a bit faster, and we're not, oh, yes. we're not waiting for it. Uh, so let's say I want to grab a wipe diagonal 3. Okay, and I'm going to drag that between that background image and Becca's foreground image, and you'll see that it, the fade direction is pointed down. Mm-hmm. So I love this about OpenShot. I wish that CyberLink PowerDirector had this on Windows. Right, the ability to change the direction of a swipe, a transition. If you okay. want to fade from one video to the next video. Cool, but if some you know, CyberLink as an example, mm-hmm. if it detects incorrectly, it's going to stutter. It's going to fade in at the wrong right. video, and then it's it's not going to look right. So this one allows me to say, "Oh, you got it wrong." I can right click and go switch direction. Oh, so you see that perfect. arrow? Arrow. So I can actually say, "Oh no 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 no!" I actually wanted that the other way, and now it's wiping the other way. And oh, no 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 no! I want that the other way, right? So I can do that, and it's beautiful. So now, when I push play on that, notice that the background is going to transition into Becca the foreground. So it's going to go something like this. See that background? And Becca's probably back there somewhere. There she is. Okay. So oh, the, the okay. background of the previous image wiped, it disappeared before. If I do a little bit of a, a drag here so that I can frame by frame it, see how it's wiping out the background? Mm-hmm. But the kids are still in the foreground. So it's kind of interesting, the kind of effect that you can create for this transition. It's not a simple fade out one, fade in the next, and how boring is that? You can fade the different layers. We can do all kinds of things. We can spin one layer out of the scene if we want. We can do whatever you like. Okay, so I like that. And let's grab – now let's move some things around here. I'm going to move this one up. Because remember, it works in lay- – uh, no, I can't move that one up. I can move this one down. I need to move my foreground up. There we go. So now I'm going to change it so that the backgrounds fade into each other. The foregrounds, I'm going to make them so that they also fade into each other. Okay, so let's. we've got a wipe diagonal 3, which is coming from the bottom to the top right. And let's, let's do uh, the opposite. Let's grab the other one and place that there. It's auto-detected the wipe direction, which is beautiful. Now, if I hit play, let's see what happens here. Wait for it. Mm-hmm. Wipe, wipe, and pop, pop. Okay, so we need a transition to bring them in. So I've effectively wiped out the other shots, right. but not wiped in these ones. So that has to do with the duration of our wipe sequence. So I can right click on it and go properties and I can actually change the length of this to a lower duration, a higher duration, pardon me. Or uh, what I can also do, let's just zoom in a little bit with this tool at the right hand side here. Uh, And I'm going to re-enable my mouse here again. We, uh, let's just go GK sudo just for your sake. Um, uh, Comp is dash dash replace. And that's going to give you a mouse cursor. If everything went well. Oh, comp is dash dash replace. There we go. 
And boom, now you've got a mouse cursor. So that just helps you to see things. So now if I actually take that background and move this background over just a nudge, then I'm going to be able to uh, transition a little bit better. Let's see if I can regain access there. Sorry. There. Okay, so now I can drag. And that was just so that you could actually see this. So I'm going to put that there. Let's see what happens to my background now. See, I've got two transitions, one for my foregrounds, one for my backgrounds. And see what happened there? Background, watch. Mm -hmm. It's transitioning into the other background. That's perfect. See that? So now I'm going to take Becca here from the foreground, move her back as well. And we're going to do a similar kind of effect, but the opposite direction for my foreground. So now the transition is going to look like this. Remember, we don't have smooth scaling on. There it goes. And because we don't have smooth scaling, it's not going to be perfect. But (laughs) Okay, so we want to fix that. The fun things you could do with this. You know, and there's no end to it. And again, you see how we're just kind of drag, drag, drag. And it's, it's not a difficult thing at all, but you can create these really, really cool effects. And you just kind of experiment and see what happens here. Foreground. And background white, Becca comes in, kids disappear, and there's the next shot. So we're getting pretty close to a cool effect, something that I would that I would say is usable, and that's the kind of final outcome of uh, of our transition. So then we create uh, more um, more of those sequences. So you followed along with the series, so you know exactly how to do that, and you're able to create. You know, it could be a 25 minute. Um, Slideshow, if slide you like. Show. Yeah, and you see things like slideshows at weddings now, mm-hmm. or sometimes at funerals, you'll see them in mm-hmm. birthday parties. So you could really get that in in the best looking way. And I think, too, uh, wedding is a perfect example. Um, mm-hmm. Thinking, take the bride and groom pictures, you know, of them growing up and doing this kind of a thing to it. Even taking them and think about this you could take a background from the groom's photo and bring the bride into the photo and move them around. That's they can true. do all this kind of That's stuff. That's cool. They're five years old and there they are in the photo together all of a sudden. Find a similar beach shot of you know, the two kids. And That's you can do true. those kinds of really cool things and move around in that scene and all of a sudden it's, it's created this whole new thing. So then the final thing to do, now we're just doing a real quick, this is only a, I don't know, a a half a minute video kind of thing. But the next thing is just to add another track here for our music. So this one is going to become our music track. um, And and it's as simple as simply pressing that plus button to create that. Uh, I can rename it and I can actually call this music. And then we go to project files here and right click and import files. Just to keep things simple for us, what I what I would do is just uh, grab our theme music, for example, because that's perfectly legal for me to do that. <laughs> I can do that. So if I if I didn't if I wasn't completely out of time, you simply browse to the file itself. It's an MP3 file, uh, a WAV file, anything that's supported. It's going to show up just like a picture, and you drag and drop it onto your timeline, and mm-hmm. there you have it. So then, all of a sudden, what you end up with is. Rewind our video here. And there you go. Our little slideshow. And you'd want to turn... Isn't that cool? I love the effect. I love what you can do with this. And there's really no limit beyond your imagination. And uh, just the the little bit of time that it takes for you to put this stuff together. And uh, from there... All you want to do is re-enable your smooth scaling and then render out the video in full quality and you'll get, uh, it will just look beautiful. That transition, for example, it's not going to be choppy like that in the fully rendered video. We're looking at this without smooth scaling and this is just a preview for our sake so that we can make sure our shots line up and all that kind of stuff. So this is Category 5 Technology TV. Thank you very much for joining us this week once again. And uh, I hope that uh, you've enjoyed the course of that series and learning how we, uh, how we get through that and how we can create something amazing with free tools. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is, again, the fastest hour of the whole week. I know. <laughs> what? 20 seconds left? Now I'm just thinking about all of the slideshows I could create. Oh. There you go. Get to it. No, you have blogging to do. I have blogging to do. She's got blogging to do. You could That's blog true. about creating slideshows. <laughs> You can add slideshows to every blog. (laughs) 
I don't even. I barely know how to add images. I just just know how to add images a little. I feel a show coming up. Uh oh. (laughs) How to add slideshows to WordPress. (laughs) There you go. All right, folks. We'll have a wonderful, wonderful week, and we will see you again next Tuesday night. I'm Robbie Ferguson. I'm Sasha Dermatis. We'll see you next week. Night. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 